Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is January 13th, 2019. My name's Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Hello. Mr. Tom Raggin. Hello, people. And Mr. Mike Tyson. You know, Eric, what I want to start today's show off with, with the, after that intro, is sometimes I like to think that you do us in the order of favoritism, like from best to worst, <laughs> each week. And me being last, well, we've got problems, buddy. <laughs> I think it just depends on who spoke last. <laughs> Me too. I just like to think it's favoritism. <laughs> I'm just happy that I said 2019 what? and not 2018. What? Yes. What's Dan done so great this week that he gets to go first? Huh? Huh? I felt bad for him because he was really frustrated with us during the unwrap. I give him. I give yeah. him a little show on webcam earlier. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Watched him bang his head on the wall. He likes them treats. <laughs> I remember back at school. I wasn't involved with this, but there was um, there, there was a guy who. A group of my other friends had convinced him he they were a girl on the internet and got him to end up masturbating on webcam. For, oh my gosh, going, that's, that's yeah, yeah, pretty, and, that's pretty dark. And, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, like I say, <laughs> thankfully I wasn't involved, but obviously he was teased about it for a long time. But he um, he tried his defense of it all. He he kept saying, "Oh no, I wasn't wanking. I was just rubbing it a little bit." Uh. Which I'm pretty sure is the same thing, and it's also not a defense for just rubbing your dick out on the internet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure ready rubbage is classed as it, but um, a couple of shakes at the toilet is fine, I believe. Oh, I always heard that two sh- more than two shakes is a wank. Well, then, uh, every time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and there you go. How are we all? Flail- flailing that thing around like a fire hose. <laughs> I said, sit and do meat spin with it. Oh, God, no. Not meat spin. You spin me right round, baby, right round. I just sing Budgie the Little Helicopter and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I thought you didn't use public urinals or urinals. I don't. I don't. I find them very odd. I don't know why they're a thing. That's really strange. What about when you need to go to the bathroom and you're in a shopping I will mall? Wait, I will wait for a cubicle. And will you sit down? No. Or like just pee all over the seat? No. I don't, I don't understand why people sometimes use cubicles and do not shut the door. Like, why not? Oh, I do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Make as much noise as possible. Yeah. I like to walk in, find the guy at the urinal, stand right next to him, make direct eye contact. Prolonged that's the thing. That's the, that's why I don't like it. It's just so awkward. Prolonged eye contact. If you haven't seen the Bo Burnham stand-up, then you are missing out. It's yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, Prolonged you would love it, Mike. Contact. You would absolutely love Bo Burnham stand-ups. Yeah, I probably listen through his albums at least once a week. I think I've watched. Yeah, same. I think I watched his stand-ups multiple times. Is it as good as mm. ASMR? Nothing's as good as ASMR. Good point. So so I was out drinking last night, and um, 
sort of getting to know a, a new group of friends through another friend that we already know and the subject of uh david hater being on the show came up and one of the, one of the guys who i met was like oh, i've just downloaded that show now i'm gonna give it a listen tomorrow i was like don't take that show as like a perfect example of what factory sealed is actually like <laughs> and it was trying to explain yeah. we to have him. never been more well behaved it was tough we reined ourselves in i, I did get to see edna put well. another tally on the whatever on the special guest chart. What? That's, that's We got him to say Edna oh, yeah. put another tally on the special guest chart. Oh, yes. Edna. <laughs> I, I'm the same too whenever I recommend that show and people come back and they're like, oh, that was really good. That was so cool that you got David Hayter. I'm going to listen to the rest of them. I'm like, no. No, <laughs> it's no, not no. The same. It's not the same. It's even better. <laughs> what what <laughs> let me ask you a question how much do you enjoy penises <laughs> because there has been a lot of dick talk already this show jesus christ getting ready for your trip oh it's so close it's a big old sausage i can't fest. believe how fast it's come around it's like oh. yeah do you know what like not only am i excited to come see you guys but it's gonna be nice to have some time off because i'm adding i don't think i've had any time off since when did i go to lanzarote september Ah, the smooth mobile country. Yeah, yeah. No, I I haven't had time, so so it's going to be nice to have some time off work, to be honest. I just had two solid weeks off. Me too. Going back to work was tough. Yeah, my industry, I didn't didn't get a big Christmas break, unfortunately. Trucks ain't going to drive themselves yet. Exactly. God, I can't believe it. It's barely a week until y'all are here. I passed probation at work. Now you can well, slack off, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you do anything anyway? Congratulations, Tom. You've made 16,000 cups of tea this week. You've passed your probation. <laughs> they didn't actually tell me. The way they the way they told me was by my health insurance came through. So I was like, oh, well, I take it. I'm, I passed then. Because <laughs> they wouldn't have Ooh. given me that otherwise. Does that mean we can injure you now when you come to, uh, come to Arizona? <laughs> yeah. Insured. I'm, I'm covered in the United States. I should probably get some travel insurance, actually. Yes, you <laughs> yeah, probably you should. should, Michael. Yeah, because we with... won't cover your shit here. Yeah, yeah they hang don't around do with that. you, idiots. They're a bit brutal over there. It's real expensive. Is. I got mine for the large price of £9. Oh, very nice. We'll give you a Band-Aid, an Alka-Seltzer, <laughs> and send you on your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm looking forward to that kicking in. <laughs> the minute I taste that freedom... I hope you're it's ready all going to be excitement from there. Dan, what Think are you... Think of the exact opposite of how I was in London, and you're probably going to be right. Dan, question. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um, question. What are you yeah. most excited for in America? Uh, food. Aside from all of the American flags, the Star Spangled Banner, the Bald Eagles, the guns... Eric, my friend, I'm going to be serious, and so I am actually quite looking forward to seeing you. You may change your mind when you see me at the airport, though. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm hoping to be drunk. The the 11-hour flight across the Atlantic. As a close second, what I'm looking forward to is, of course, the ceremonial unsealing of Kingdom Hearts (laughs) 2. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
That game will not even you? be in the house. Are you bringing the sword with you? I would like to get to America without being strip searched. I don't think the <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're gonna sword is going to come with anyway. me. It's going to happen anyway. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually quite worried about going over because I've got... Uh, Why have I you got a sword up your ass? <laughs> you got some sort of like sordid past we don't know about, Tom. <laughs> no, I'm just worried because I'm a British citizen with a Canadian address, so I'm gonna be. They're gonna look at me a little bit. They're gonna look at me twice. Well, yeah, they, you look pretty funny. Yeah, they're gonna be like, "What's your deal? Especially what are you up you know. to? Let's yeah. go over to this uh, dark room with a." one-way mirror i'm gonna need you to unzip them pants <laughs> now mr reagan we must ask you are you a terrorist yes <laughs> what are my choices <laughs> have you committed genocide what are my choices um i think i committed genocide but i'm not sure what's the threshold it- for genocide is it like Fifty plus? Is it a hundred plus? Like, I need a, I need a, I need a table here. That's a good question, actually. I don't know what the threshold is. To Google. <laughs> I'm planning on being drunk. I found out we get uh, unlimited beer and wine on the uh, flight from Heathrow to LA. That's eleven hours of that? drinking I can get in. How do you get? I, it's just part of the flight. What? Complimentary drinks on transatlantic flights. Yeah, but I it doesn't mean you get them constantly. Yeah, Every I don't think it's complimentary. No, no, it is. I checked. It is alcohol. I didn't get. I, I checked the alcohol. list. It's like uh, I think it's tea, coffee, juice, uh, soft drinks, and beer and wine. You can't yeah. get things like yeah. When I went to when I went to Australia, stuff. we had that, but you would yeah. only get designated times. It's not like you can just go, well, "Good woman, bring me alcohol." No, no, you can. You on this? Just go, "Hello, beer, yeah. please. Thank you, beer, please. Because Thank you." Nice American people. lady, please bring me some booze. Boobs? I'm planning on being drunk. It's the only way I'm going to be cheerful after those flights. That's fair enough. So you guys land at like 12:30. Uh, you probably yeah, well won't, done, Mike. Good effort. Really good flights. Thank you. You probably won't be out of the airport and in my car till 1:30 ish. Yeah. Home by 1:35. Is it five minutes away? It's not far. Wow. Yeah, I live really close. And then you seeing, can fully... See, in your house the day after will be a surprise because we'll just be so dead that we just won't even register it. <laughs> You'll be fully fully expect to be woken up by about 6.15 with kids because I have to wake up and take them to school. Actually, no, screw that. I'm going to have Christy take the kids. <laughs> Actually, I forgot. We, we've got three hours in LA before our flight to Phoenix. Get drunk. Well. Yeah. You're going to have to, aren't you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mike, what are you most looking forward to? Because you've never been to the States. Uh, the food, for one, like Dan said. Okay. Um, seeing the American culture up close. Mm, it's a fine culture, very refined. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, hanging with you guys is going to be amazing. And get like the first WWE pay-per-view I'm ever going to visit is the Royal Rumble. And that's oh, going to yeah. be amazing. Also, uh-huh. which... Uh, for the listeners, Eric upgraded our seating, so what, what? we're even we're even closer to the bundle action. Yeah, so I decided to just look. <laughs> we'll have to hold Tom back. <laughs> <laughs> let me at him! Let me at him! <laughs> I decided to have a look just forming at the mouth, trying to get to the ring. <laughs> 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 bundle! Bundle! <laughs> 
I thought for sure this thing would have been sold out based on how quickly tickets were selling when I was trying to buy them. Because it got to the point when I first started to buy them, like, I just need to buy something because they were selling and I couldn't get anything. I'm like, yeah, let's just check and see. I think we paid like $50 for our seats way up in the nosebleeds. And when I went back onto Ticketmaster, I saw the original section that we wanted to sit in. Tickets were $36. Like, I... I, I think these are actually better than the one, the section we were originally looking at. Oh, yeah, we were looking in the 200 section. These are in the 100. Yeah, yeah. So I called up Ticketmaster. I'm like, yeah, I want to change my seats because these ones are the same as those ones, and I want to change. And uh, she's like, yeah, it'll be $10 per ticket change fee. I'm like, fine, whatever. Um, I'll pay that. So it only been $60 to change all of us. And I said, well, how can we get a seventh ticket just in case? Because Christy wasn't planning on coming, but I'd, I'd like her to come with if she could. She said, oh, yeah, if you buy a seventh ticket, it'll be $36, and I'll waive the change fees. I'm like, So even if Christy doesn't come, it's still just cheaper for me to buy a seventh ticket and just have an empty seat. Yeah. So anyway, we're like 20 we rows from the front. I need that for our backsides after all the food. So. Yeah. <laughs> we need to devise some signs to bring in, too. I think we need to just have a gigantic bundle sign. That'll be the easiest for... Watch, uh, viewers I told, you, to spot I told us. you what I want. It's been planned for months. Did you order well, it? Well, if there's seven of us, if we all just have a letter of bundle each and then the last person has an exclamation mark, we can all hold up like a letter each. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> and every time someone t- gets knocked... I hope we're on the TV side. Then every time someone gets knocked out of the uh, Royal Rumble match, we all just hold up bundle. <laughs> bundle. The people behind us are going to love us. <laughs> Oh, man. I did order... I, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but I did order something very special for our festivities that weekend. Yes, you have. I'm quite proud of them. You should be. I'm surprised that we didn't get hit with some sort of like, yeah, you can't do that. Eh, it's fine. So, <laughs> You love Vince McMahon knocking at your door. It's like, wait a minute, I, I need some royalties here. You stole my t-shirt, goddammit! Well, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> you just ruined the surprise. <laughs> you 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 did a hint on the Facebook page, which shows that it's at least that. Oh, yeah, you're right, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, <gasps> I don't pay attention to what I say. No, mm, clearly. <laughs> really? Huh? Eh? What? So I'll take you guys to get some real authentican, authentican, authentican Mexican food. <laughs> that's, so, that's so dumb I should have said it. I know. Authentic Mexican food. <laughs> Are we going to get the groundations of... Uh... Groundations of <laughs> the authenticans. I forgot about groundations. <laughs> I should start a construction company and call it groundations. You should start, start your own feckin' dictionary, you idiot. <laughs> I'll call it Herb's Groundations, <laughs> and my uh, my 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 the, logo the will be a basil. The vague American Dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> you guys like it. You know it. So yeah, it's gonna be a good. I week. mean, we tolerate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Wait, you guys come in on the twenty fourth, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm going to Mike's on the 23rd. Ooh. Yes. He's going to have a sleepover? Yes. A I'm bun. bringing my PJ to my dream food. <laughs> yes. Can't Don't, wait to play some dream phone with you guys again. Don't forget your pro controller. 
You're going to need it for Mario Kart. All right. I'm having a blanket ban on Robert Pie, by the way. It's not happening. <laughs> How about bullets? I would, I'd prefer not to have them. We just eat bullets. We're going to have biscuits and gravy every morning. Like actual biscuits and gravy. But, but Lucky Charms. Well, yeah, you can put Lucky Charms on your biscuits and gravy. You guys just put whatever on it, whatever. <laughs> I guarantee you there will not be any hard pucks of dead animal blood. Hey, black pudding is delicious. (sighs) I am not a picky eater, and that's one of the few things in life I will not enjoy. I might even prefer durian. It's fucking delicious. What's delicious? Fry me up that pig blood. Mm. Black pudding. pudding. Very acquired taste. I didn't like black pudding. Are you a black pudding fan, Tom? Um, Not so much, actually. Take it or leave it. Um for a good slab of bacon myself. Is black pudding more of a northern thing than a southern thing? <laughs> I think I think it might be, mm. yeah. Ooh, ooh, speaking of like north-south divide in the UK. <laughs> so, I <laughs> have... Question if you've heard this one, Dan. So, I've got some family that lives in a place called Carlisle, which is kind of west ah, of where... The promised yeah. land. Yeah, it's kind of west of from where you are, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. Kind of the same... <laughs> <laughs> they they have all these weird things that they say that I've never heard. But my cousin's wife recently she had a haircut, and apparently a very common phrase there for a haircut is a wig bash. <laughs> <laughs> have you I've ever heard, heard this one, Dan? You've been that never north. Heard that. <laughs> Don't go get the wig bash. Wow. <laughs> she put hashtag wig bash. Imagine if the hairdressers were called wig basheries. <laughs> She just put on oh, a wig bash. I was just laughing my tits off of it. And she said, apparently, it's a very common phrase in Carlisle. Put your weirdos. Amazing. It's so dumb, Eric should have said it. Oh, my God. I went to Urban Dictionary. I'm not going to read this out, but you guys owe it to yourself to read this. As I always say after Eric says something like this. Don't go. Oh, God. Well, well, the problem there is, Eric, you didn't search wig bash. You've searched something else. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> I did wig bash, but wig beef came up. Oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Jesus. Tom, you yes. sound the poshest out of all of us. Can you, like, read this out as if it was, like, some sort of dictionary explanation? Mm. <laughs> in, like, your... Uh, let's have a look here. Let's try it. Do we really uh, want our first show of 2019 to be mm, about wig beef? Well, that's it, isn't it? Wig beef. When a woman's hoo-ha is so smelly and unkempt, it resembles a tangled wig with grilled rotten beef. <laughs> I'm so bad at Google. <laughs> We've lost him. Who thinks of this shit? (laughs) 
Hopefully I haven't laughed this much uh, as the Batman Forever video. Particularly, particularly like the word hoo-ha in this context. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had a hoo-ha? Quite, quite Wig beef, hoo-ha-ha. Ha. Oh my God. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Can that be the girl's team name? <laughs> team Wig beef. <laughs> Oh god! Oh god! Come on! <laughs> right, we've lost Eric for the rest of the show. <laughs> we just crack on. Why? Why grilled? <laughs> Who would grill rotten beef? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions. <laughs> Actual tears. Oh god. You know that song, Wig Wam Bam? Can you change it to Wig Wam Beef? <laughs> Wig Wam Beef. <laughs> Gonna turn a new leaf. I gotta text this to Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, she'll come in with French toast. Shabba for the Wig Beef. Welcome to Factory Sale 2019, everybody. We have not changed in the slightest, as you can tell. (laughs) That was our New Year's resolution. Don't change for no one. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) wasn't last year New Year New Start? (laughs) Oh God, my head hurts. (laughs) How did we even? How did you even find that? Well, I typed in wig bash, and it came up to Urban Dictionary wig bash to wigoresque, and the second option was wig beef. I'm like, well, that seems exciting. (laughs) <laughs> and you were right oh man you okay oh, Eric man. you good <sighs> yes I'm good <laughs> <laughs> normal <laughs> did you guys ever have that when you were in school and your buddies would say something funny to you like beef. it would just tickle the right just, just something and the teacher yes. would yell at you and you just couldn't contain yourself Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! Many a time. There's um. I always remember there's a, uh, there's a really strict teacher at my school, and um, after uh, breaks, she would all shout "Stand still" on the playground, right? And everybody used to, as she turned around, used to move. It was one of the best things ever. But I just remember one of my best friends at the time. Um, somebody had, had you know, Mike and Tom. You might remember these used to get miniature tubs of Jaffa cakes for impact lunch. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember yes. that. And somebody had dropped one of them on the floor and she like looked at it <laughs> and she like really angrily turned to everybody and went, Who's had Jaffa cakes? And my friend, just without missing a beat, stood behind her and like just went, Who's had Jaffa cakes? And she went absolutely apeshit. <laughs> I just laughed for hours. It was so that's, funny. That's brilliant. <laughs> but it used to be thing. it used to be a challenge to see how far around the playground you could get. And if she turned round, <laughs> she was mental. Absolutely mental. <laughs> Good times. There's Tom in the corner just bundling people. Oh, yeah. Lunchtimes are the best. <laughs> I just couldn't wait for lunch every but, day. You'd yeah. pay people to go push other kids down. Yeah, and never bundle on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> like swimming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't it the other way around? You shouldn't swim up yes, too it, soon yes, after eating. <laughs> but I believe that is bullshit. It is. Guys, 
Hello. Well, Hello. Actually, this is more or less directed to Mike because Dan and Tom Hello. didn't do it. Should we talk about uh, that their Resident Evil one-shot demo? Oh, Eric! Uh, it's, Res- it's Resident Evil 2, guys, not 1. Well, it's uh, implied. Implied, so Eric, or implode? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Resident Evil 2 demo. Uh, get it! Get it! Once! Uh... So, for if listeners don't know, uh, Resident Evil 2 demo came onto PSN and Xbox Store uh, Friday, wasn't it? Uh, you get 30 minutes to play through it. If you die, you can start again, but you still your timer keeps going, so you only get 30 minutes. Uh, luckily, I got to play through it twice, because it's got the PS4 and the Xbox now, so it was great. Um, oh, yeah. Fancy. I um I can't wait. Um, Resident Evil Two is one of my favorite games ever. One of the most important games from my childhood, uh, well, teenage years, I should say. And I was I've been a bit concerned about this because I've, the trailers I've seen it kind of looked a little bit like Resident Evil Revelations Two, which I didn't like. Um, but after playing this, I'm motherfucking sold, man. Oh yeah, I you and I were talking a little bit about this, but yeah, kind of had that reservation to it because anytime a a studio touches such an iconic game you're like well don't fuck it up um you know because you don't want to yeah you don't want to rewrite your memories of that that game but um i think they're i think they're gonna do this one justice it was it's interesting they've made some changes design changes in some very small places like the uh the oh, lobby not time controls anymore no unfortunately I'm not interested in- um, like the lobby of the police station, they've changed it a little bit to make it obviously well, more conducive. Well, to, to interrupt you for design. a second, Eric, that quite a lot of that station has changed. I I know the police station from Resident Evil Two like the back of my hand, mm-hmm. and, and he knows um, that very well. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and there's so many changes, and I'm thankful for it because. I think going into this, it will not feel like a game remade. It's going to feel like a brand new experience. Like, but it's familiar enough. There's one section enough. where there was only two floors, uh, but there's actually a third floor to that section now and, and things like that. And you do the like the main hall that you go in, there was always a certain door you went into on the left first before mm-hmm. you access the other ones. You don't. You go into a different one first now and, and go and do a different area. Um, yeah, it's going to be a completely new experience. It's not going to hang on its laurels too much on the original, I think, and I'm really, really thankful for that. And of no, course, but... it's one continuous environment now, rather than these pockets of rooms. So, yes. if you go through a door, you're not necessarily safe. Yeah, and it, the zombies come through the doors as well. Um, it's genuinely terrifying, to be honest. Uh, Hazel was screaming when I was playing it because she kept uh, kept making a jump. But um, the, one of the biggest things I want to comment on graphically with it is the use of light. It it is a dark mm. game. Oh yeah. Um, and you you had. You know, you played as Leon in the demo, and he has a torch with him. Um, but the use of light, you you can't see very much at all. It just adds so much atmosphere and so much intensity as you're going through. Mm. The graphics are superb. I have to say, I watched a couple of videos of it this week, and yeah, mm. like the facial animation in particular is Seeing, spot on. There's there is a noticeable difference between the Xbox and the PS4 version. This is a game I will definitely get on Xbox over PS4. Oh god, yeah, I. I wouldn't have believed it unless I'd seen it with my own eyes, but I played the Xbox One first and then the PS4 One second. And straight away, as soon as I got in there, I even said, I said to Hazel, like, this looks much, much worse. And Hazel is shit when it comes to HD and, and all that jazz. 
even she noticed she was like yeah this like it almost looks kind of blurry and like the colors are a bit more washed out well and where you can really see it is in the light shafts and since the game relies so much on lighting you're going to see a lot of the the jaggy um anti-aliasing and stuff like that yeah but i will be for sure getting this on xbox one i'm still not sold on the new design for leon i think he looks a little bit too high school musical-ish Teen heartthrob. I'm a little bit skeptical, but I kind of see what they're doing because I always thought that Leon seemed a bit because he was supposed to be a rookie cop, wasn't he? Like he'd just come out of the academy, yeah. and I always thought that in Resident Evil Two he seemed a little bit old for that. Yeah, maybe it was a midlife career change. I don't know, but I think he, I think they've definitely aged him the right level now. But yeah, the, the, it is a little bit strange. I think they maybe babied him a little bit too much. His voice is a little bit whiny as well. Yeah, kind of like uh, they did with Cloud and Advent Children. Yeah, that yeah, didn't bother me as much as it did many of the people. <laughs> um, I will admit no, that uh, when I first hopped into the demo and, and got into... Because they start you right away in the police station. Um, I wanted to immediately fall back on my knowledge of Resident Evil 2. I'm like, all right, here we go. I got to go to this door on the left. And I wandered around that opening lobby for a whole lot longer than I really wanted to. I'm like, well, this is fucking stupid i i was hung up on trying to solve that puzzle on the top and then because i walked over by the the door where you're supposed to go and I'm like well this is locked i probably need a key for this and just meandered away from it I'm like i should probably go check that again is there, is there any liquors in there you see it past the window um, and it doesn't pop out i was waiting for it to pop out where it normally did and i'm kind of glad that they didn't do that because it took away that okay i already know where this jump is going to happen so when you pass it and it doesn't come out like oh shit when's it going to come out yeah, that's the thing. You get, I mean, you go into that corridor thinking, ah, oh, fuck, like, liquor's going to be in here like you would before. And because, obviously, it's a different battle system now, uh, different combat system, sorry, and obviously the enemies move differently. The, uh, the liquors are just going to be harder, let's face it, than they were yeah. in Resident well, Evil Well, I even told Christy and, as we walked into that room, like, wait for it, watch this. You're going to see the liquor go by the window here. They had to have done it. And we walked by, and she's like, I didn't see it. Yeah, neither did I. And you get into the next hallway, and you see one of the enemies that has been attacked by the liquor and another one that's been hung up. So you know that the, the liquor had been through there, but you just don't know when it's going to pop out. Yeah. Um, but the, what I was saying before about how it's going to be a very different game, it's um, it's completely changing your perception. So you've, you've got that fear from the knowledge of the original game, like going to that corridor, oh, fuck, the liquor's going to be here, then getting that surprise that it's not there. And then, like Eric said, you're then concerned about where is it actually going to be because they've changed so much. The combat itself is super fast and fluid too. It's it's not you can you can now shoot and walk at the same time. Um, wow. Yeah, they brought that they brought that in on Resident Evil Six. Jesus Christ, Dan, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll be telling me Mega Man knows how to shoot up next. Oh God! Oh Jesus, he can shoot up in eleven. Uh, <laughs> One of the things they've added. Um, sound design wise that I like is when he's shooting the zombies Leon will say things so yeah, like I was sometimes when he's shooting the too. female when he's shooting the female zombies sometimes he just go bitch <laughs> well I like it too when he's walking that's through bit, those dark environments isn't it? he'll start talking to himself and hyping himself right in the up. wig beef <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it would be actual wig beef oh because they're dead and rotten yeah we got it yeah, it's not grilled though. Should I explain? Must it? have been through a furnace. Oh. Um, no, I like it when he's walking through the environment too. He'll psych himself up. He's like, "You got this, Leon. You got this," and like just kind of give himself a little pep talk. Yeah. It's have good. you guys played the Resi One remake? 
Yes, it's a, excellent. Yeah. It's very good. They, I think there I downloaded is, it, never played it. There is no point playing the original anymore. Like It is the definitive way to play the original Resident Evil. Hmm. In my yeah, opinion. You can actually... I think you can switch to tank controls if you want to. In the uh, it's it's tank controls as default, but you can change them so it's 3D controls. But right. the 3D controls don't necessarily work so great because it's still the static camera angles. Yeah. So when you move across, mm. move through them, obviously your joystick's in a weird direction. Oh, shit. Imagine when they get up to Nemesis. That's going to be an interesting game. Well, I hear the rumours that if this does well, they, they're going to remake Nemesis. Well, probably. It will do well. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to um, do the whole... But Mr. Mr. X is in too. And... Yeah, well, I've seen him in the trailer. Yeah, me too. And apparently, because of the way... Some people have concerns about it, because Resident Evil 2 was quite a slow-paced game, and because he kind of has the ability to run after you between doors and things now, it's kind of you have to be more on your toes kind of thing. So it will be a different experience, but not necessarily a bad one. I wonder how they're going to handle the whole... Uh... Claire versus Leon A story and B story because essentially the original Resident Evil 2 was four games. You had all of Leon's campaign, all of Claire's, and then the reverse of it so you got to see what Claire was doing while Leon was doing his campaign and then vice versa. I wonder how I they're going to handle they still that. do that. I mean, the two ways I want them to do it either you... There's two separate campaigns and they just have uh, and you do Leon's bit, Claire's bit, done, but they're both quite lengthy. Or I want them to keep the originals where you can kind of do an A and a B for each character. I think what they're probably going to end up doing is is looping it together and just weaving it so you're they take all four of them and just kind of make it a seamless. Because I think, for me, you can't have it in a way where you switch characters momentarily through the story because I think you'd forget where you've been in certain items because they have different puzzles. Yeah, that's true. I'd like to see it where they give you the two uh, two campaign options. Yeah, I really hope they do. I, I think this will be one of those games where... I, I I think it was on the most recent show I said I don't have time to replay games anymore. I think this is one of those I might do multiple playthroughs. But when I... Because I got to play the demo twice, the first playthrough, I did it slow, was looking at everything, like really, really looking at everything. Um, got so far, time ran out. And then the second go on the demo, I pretty much speed ran it, uh, like even skipping the cutscenes. Um, and actually managed to find the hard stop of the demo where it just stopped and I got there in 14 and a half minutes I think it was yeah my I first playthrough I hit runner. it I hit it in 21 minutes somebody has apparently beaten it in 3 <laughs> what wow <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> I saw an article yesterday I was like what <laughs> was it you it was me I turned it on and finished it <laughs> <laughs> didn't even download it and he finished it <laughs> I've, I'm excited PS4. for it. So that comes out. That actually comes yeah. out the day you guys get here. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts three comes out while we're away as well. Yeah. Oh man, two oh. great games. I hope you guys are ready to watch me play both of them. Nope, I'm gonna sit in another room. Well, no, like I told you, I have TVs in every room, and I'm gonna put a distribution amplifier and lock the TVs on, so you just can't get away from it. I will we'll get out something my around my face. <laughs> I will get you a Mike went down a darker path than me. <laughs> Ain't it always the way, Dan? Ain't it always yes, the way? It is, it is actually, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you can't play as Claire in the demo? No. You just have to play as Leon? Okay. That's sexist. It is, isn't it? Oh dear. Which campaign no, did you prefer, you... Mike? What, on the original? The original, yeah. So, I always preferred going, doing Claire A, Leon B. 
because there's a lot of things in it that makes sense. Like the story just makes sense that way round. Then isn't it does that the, the other way round? Um, canon way to do it? Yeah, it's 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 never been confirmed, but it's hotly debated that that's the canon way of doing it. Like the 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 thing of if you play Leon A and Claire B, like the end of Claire B. Spoilers for a fucking really old game, everyone. But Ada comes at the end and throws a rocket launcher to Claire, and she doesn't know who she is. Whereas if you do it Claire A, Leon B, for example, at the end, Ada throws the rocket launcher to Leon, and he obviously sees that she's still alive. So it's something I like need that. to go so back to, because for the show, I think I only had time to do one of the air scenarios. Yeah. yeah. What, and, what I'd recommend story-wise, Dan, is do Claire first, and then get Leon's B scenario. The storyline just makes so much more sense that way around. So I think I played as Leon. Yeah. So, I like playing as Leon, but Mike is right. Claire is the better choice. Did you guys, Mike, did you watch way after the trailer? Or, yeah, even after the second trailer, there was a, a, a hidden one where, like, um, something, something, come in, this is hunk. And then it shows the big wad of tofu running yeah, through the yeah, sewers. Yeah. yeah. So I can't believe they're bringing tofu back. Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> I don't even remember the criteria that you needed to get. Uh, I think you had to get s rank on both scenarios exploder cheat cartridge is what you're looking for i think yeah let's see which to get s rank you have to like you can only do a certain amount of saves you can't use any first aid sprays to unlock the tofu scenario you must have unlocked the fourth survivor and cleared the leon a claire b storyline three times with an a ranking that's it yeah because four survivors hunk I never. I was never able to beat Tofu. It's ridiculous. Yeah, All I was he never has is the knife. <laughs> I've played it. I did use a cheat cartridge to get to it, access it once, because um, I didn't have the patience to unlock it. And yeah, I, I wasn't able to beat it. After three playthroughs, if you unlocked it properly, would you want to play as Tofu again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's only got a knife and a few. I, then herbs. again, back in the day, I used to just replay Metal Gear Solid over and over again. So yeah, yeah. Same. Every cutscene, watch every cutscene, every codec. I mean, I could complete it in about thirty seconds, so <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that longevity out of it, you know. Has this been addressed on the show, or has this just been on WhatsApp? No, no, this is this is a new thing that's been adopted <laughs> since, since twenty nineteen began. This lot are now convinced that I can finish games just by looking at them. <laughs> Dan will have Kingdom Hearts three done before it launches. We'd be on WhatsApp and Dan would be like, yep, I finished this today. What? <laughs> That's like an 80-hour game, Daniel. You only started it yesterday morning. <laughs> well, we kind of touched on it on the Game of the Year show when Tom called him out for just casually slinging 50 hours into Nino Kuni 2. <laughs> and not putting it on his top 10. <laughs> Good God. We're also convinced Child's as well that... player, Thomas Child's play. <laughs> We're also convinced as well that... Dan has been playing VR so much that he actually just lives in virtual reality now and doesn't know the difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced this is real. Crystal's honest. moved out and he's just sat in a decaying bedroom. <laughs> what? Slowly You're turning into Gollum. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> Guys, should we get to the game of the week? Game of the week. Is that, is that going to be new this year? Yeah, please no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, optician's joke of the week <laughs> get it of the week <laughs> inappropriate comment of the week <laughs> tally joke of the week 
you're an idiot of the week. <laughs> Are you done? Mega man of the week. Of the week. <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Nobody wants more than one wig beef. <laughs> what did we play, Eric? We played Ace Combat 4 Shattered Skies or Distant Thunder. It doesn't even have the the number in it. It's just Ace no. Combat Distant Thunder. No. It's fashionable now, though, isn't it? They don't do it with movies anymore, do they? Yeah, I guess not. But they kept doing it for the, the states. They had five, Belkin War, and then zero. And I think they should have called it Ace C4 Mbat. What? You know when they put you know when they put numbers in the middle of words and it's terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, like yeah, driver yeah. three. Drive three er. <laughs> Driving for the third time. <laughs> Back in the driver's seat. Let's not get down this road again. <laughs> Plain driver. Wait, what's that? Was one of my all-time favorite shows. <laughs> I love the driver episode. So funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ace Combat 4, Shattered Skies. First one to hit the PlayStation 2 in 2001. Eric. What? Why haven't we done the first three? Because that's a good question. They're not any good. Are they really bad? Are they on PS1? <laughs> they're good. Uh, I actually popped in a little bit Ace Combat 3, Electrosphere. But I think my only history of Ace Combat, I think I played a demo of Ace Combat 2 many moons ago on the PS1. Yeah, Electrosphere. Well, it started out as Air Combat. It sounds in like a disco game. Yeah. It started out as Air Combat in 95, and then it switched to Ace Combat 2, then Ace Combat 3, Electrosphere, then 4, Ace Shattered Combat Skies, 5, Unsung War. Ace Combat 4 is by far the uh, most popular. Six sweaty flaps. Yeah. And it also sold quite a, quite a lot of copies, actually. 2.6 million. Yeah. Actually, they all did pretty well up until... Mm. You know the the later ones in the in on the PS2. Supposedly, uh, Ace Combat Four has a Metacritic score of eighty nine as well. It's a fantastic game. I, IGN gave it a nine point one out of ten. Oh. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Now, disclaimer before we start: I had absolutely no interest in this game at all before I started, but actually, after finishing it, I had a decent time. I think it was okay. So this is that's a wrap, of- gents. End of the show. Yep, done. <laughs> um, this is one of those games from my childhood that just kind of sticks out. It's not. I don't think it's anything super unique or anything, but um, just when I, I think about games that I played a ton in a, as a kid or in high school, Ace Combat Four is one that I just revisited constantly because it's a short game. I mean, I beat it this time with under three hours on the play clock, and. I just would continually go back to it because it's just easy to pick up and play. But um, I'm surprised it's a game that you can play, Eric, because it has quite a complicated control scheme. Well, here's the thing. Uh, did you skip the tutorial as well, Eric? I did, uh, mainly because <laughs> I, I knew how to play it. I had years of practice. I wanted to skip the tutorial because it took fucking ages. Why did you do oh, it, then? Well, because I didn't know before I did the tutorial. Uh, and I needed <laughs> to do the tutorial because I'd already went into the game and like, oh, dear, I just crashed into the sea. Don't you know how to fly an airplane? Up is down, down is up. Bank and then pull down and you can turn. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, you don't know how to fly planes. I made. I I was adamant that I was going to play the tutorial first because, as I said a moment ago, my only experience of Ace Combat is a short demo on the PS1. But that 
short demo of Ace Combat 2 is also my only experience playing an aeroplane game, I think. Yeah. I think whoever did the uh, the sound mixing for Ace Combat 4, though, needs a good slap. Why? In the cutscenes, the music is so much more louder than the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, if they didn't have subtitles. Voice. Yeah, because the guy, the guy whispers. So... <laughs> what, what a dumb storyline as well. <laughs> I don't think it's... Okay, so here's the story of it. Uh, Ace Combat always takes place in... Uh, there's always some fictional war raging, and there's supposed to be political undertones. Bullshit, you're just blowing stuff up in the sky. Uh, <laughs> essentially, the game is done in, in what's called um, single... Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Single cell cutscenes or something like that. They were done like that because of the production... Uh, budget for the game itself so they're like well we got to cut this down and pare it down so essentially the story is told through 12 um narrated pictures as their cutscenes, and it follows the story of a little boy whose parents are killed in this war when an airplane gets shot down and crashes on their house and kills him he just happens to be out riding his bike at the time since he doesn't have family to go to he heads into town that's being overrun by these enemy forces and starts uh, taking up at a bar with these enemy fighter pilots and kind of becomes buddy-buddy with them. And there's this enemy fighter pilot called Yellow 13 who's kind of the ace of the enemies, and he becomes kind of a father figure to this little boy. Is he related to Red 13 from Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> I don't think so, because this guy's Does a Does he have a tail? That's the, 13's that's a the dog. Uh, maybe distant cousins. <laughs> So this guy becomes a father figure towards him, and then in between, when you're actually playing the game, you're playing as the other side, so you're playing as the good guys, and Yellow 13 is the ace of the bad guys, and you, the pilot, Mobius 1, are the ace of the good guys, and you're doing these different missions that then, as you complete those, you get to see through the storyline or the narration how that's having an effect within the liberated city, and what's moving on through there and towards the end of the game. Um, you end up facing off with yellow 13 and killing him and then that has an effect on the little boy the little boy writes um he continues his narration you discover at the end of the game that the entire thing was just a letter to mobius one talking to him about how what he did affected the boy yeah see for me what i thought would make more sense is if the kid that it was would be mobius one and that's what i thought all the way through well how could that how could that be because the war could have been for a very long time. But then it wouldn't have made sense that... Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, it would have done if they wrote it that way, which would have made more sense and made it better, because then you've got a reason... Well, then by the time that he got Yellow old enough 13. to shoot down Yellow 13, Yellow 13 would have been 85. Not really. Yeah, but Red 50s. 13's race lived for a very long time, so maybe th- Yellow 13 does as well. <laughs> Jesus. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that would have made more sense because then you would have had a grudge to go against, whereas you were just this anonymous, yeah, but see, he didn't character have a, who does not speak. He didn't have a grudge. Yeah, he was upset with Yellow Thirteen for shooting down the plane that killed his parents, but he also he then began to see him. that this guy had a heart and that he was very. Um, sympathetic to the people around him and his squad mates, Yellow Four and all those other people, he he cared about them and they cared about him and he saw this other side of the war 
And, you know, when push came to shove, he called him a fascist pig and told him to get out of town when the war started to shift. And he saw that, oh, hey, we may be liberated. But still, I don't think he had a grudge against him. Yeah, but there's a narrative jar there because then you're Morbius One, who has nothing to do with it, and then you just shoot him down unceremoniously. He doesn't even have dialogue in the mission. Neither does Link, and he's one of the most popular video game characters of all time. Yeah, but he's not the protagonist. I'm saying the antagonist should have some dialogue, whereas it's just generic Yellow 13 dialogue, which you've heard all the way through. It makes no sense. Eh. I think it makes plenty of sense. Back me up, Mike. Uh, I'll be honest, I completely zoned out on the story bits of this game. Like, just... I don't know why every time one came on and I just up, kind Mike. of went blank. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I only finished this game like half hour before we were due to record and so so the last few cutscenes I skipped just in the you know trying to get it done. I thought so. Mobius 1 was the kid that was the there's the narrator. No. That's what I'm saying it isn't. That, yeah. It makes no sense. Okay. It should be. That's really weird. Did you know that some of the um those scenes were edited for international versions? Yes. Yeah, so like on one of them, uh, a knife and a pistol is shown with the narrator saying, I got a knife with the intent of using it against Yellow 13. Um, I even lifted a pistol off a drunken enemy soldier. Apparently that that bit is removed entirely. There's another one where um, this girl is wielding a shotgun, but in the international version, she's not holding anything. And then there's another one where um, the boy confronts Yellow 13. He has a pistol uh, with him, but apparently he's just standing there defiantly with his hands on his side on the US version. Mm Mm-hmm. Which for a game which which is about airplanes blowing things up. Well, the game was there was a um, Japanese TV commercial that was scheduled for release on September twelfth, two thousand one. That was postponed, obviously, after the September eleven attacks. And um, Namco then had to change an image that was published on the Japanese website uh, of one of the sinking of the the battleships within the game um, because there was smoke that was coming off the ship that were that was in front of buildings that looked like the twin towers in new york so instead they just uh, removed the buildings oh yeah i suppose i haven't put two and two together with the yeah, and then have i i've just realized the, yeah. um one of the directors uh 10 years afterwards was was commenting on his experience with altering video games um for political consideration within the gaming industry and how the september 11th attacks um had a massive effect on that and they had to do it uh, well look at Mel Gear Solid quite heavily I'm sorry what Mike uh, I said well look at Mel Gear Solid 2 they had to cut out the whole of Arsenal gear smashing into the sea yeah well also with uh, Spider-Man too when it came out they had um, a promotional image this is for a movie I think where he uh, had webbed up a helicopter between the Twin Towers yeah GTA 3, they had to heavily do that. They had to change the colour scheme of the police vehicles and all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Huh. So much. I think, they, I think there was a cut mission they took out as well, which was mm. involving bombs. The Neversoft, I've mentioned this on the show before, I think it was actually on the Spider-Man show, the Neversoft Spider-Man 2 game uh, originally fought Electro on top of the two towers and they had to quickly change that. They re-released it very quickly where you're just on top of one tower as well. So this game itself was initially designed to be a reboot of the Ace Combat series. They were were tentatively going to call it Ace Combat 1. Um, there's a slogan that's associated with the game called It's Changing Everything Again. Um, I wonder if that's why it's titled differently over here, like without the number. 
It could be. A lot of PS2 games used to be retitled over here, though. Oh, here's why. here's the the note I had about the single the the storyline. It's called single frame side story concept was originally conceived as a cost effective means of showcasing storyline after the large costs of animated cutscenes from Ace Combat Three proved too expensive too expensive to be afforded again. It's <laughs> so expensive. <laughs> I want to buy some groundations, but they're too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Here's that image that they altered. Oh, wait, no, that's wig beef. (laughs) God, (laughs) wig beef strikes again. God damn you, wig beef. Is that a new new villain in the um, Carmel Cran saga? (laughs) Oh, God. Curse you, wig beef! There you go. So behind that boat, there were supposed to be two buildings that looked like the Twin Towers. Uh, okay. Edit that out. So, uh, missions, there were 18 total missions in the game. Some of them a little bit more exciting than others. The basic gist of it was you have a, a, a series of targets, whether they're ground targets or air targets that you have to destroy. Some of the missions were get this many points within the allotted time limit and then continue fighting afterwards. So certain targets would have certain value to them. Um, Kind of rinse and repeat, but then every three or four missions, eh, maybe every four or five missions, there was a really cool mission that would kind of keep you, keep you hooked into it. Uh, I don't know. I thought the vision, the missions were, were varied enough. Yeah, I, I thought it was quite repetitive when I first started playing it, but as I got a bit further in and started getting a bit of a better grasp of the controls and having a bit of fun with the getting better planes and things like that, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's okay. See, what I thought about it, it was repetitive in places, but one thing I want to mention with the controls and the way the visuals are with that, it, I never, when I first started playing this, I said to you, Eric, like, it seems a bit slow. And I never felt like you got that sense of speed with Mm -hmm. this. Like, obviously, you're flying a fighter jet. And I know, obviously, you see the buildings and you you fly past them and everything like that. But I don't know. It it still felt, the entire thing kind of felt very slow to me, considering what you're flying. So I was thinking about that, too. Um, I think that's a limitation of the PS2. What they wanted to do was mm. was show, okay, we have these huge open environments that you can fly around. And as a result, everything needs to be very small and very grainy. And when things are yeah. far away from you, you're not going to get that perception of speed. Even when you get down really close to the ground, you don't really get that insane perception of speed. But if you play the later Ace Combat games, like um, Skies of Liberation and uh, uh, Assault Horizon, you get that insane sense of speed because things are more populated. So unfortunately, yeah, you're 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 right. Uh, if you're yeah. way up in the sky, you're not going to get that crazy sense of speed, especially if you're tailing around, dogfighting somebody. You know, kind of looks like it they're just hanging in the sky. Depth perception and realizing where you were and things like that. For me, I think what I struggled with it originally, like for example, you might be up in the sky and then you get kind of you forgot if you're upside down or not, and then you kind of you end up kind of trying to redirect yourself and get a bit confused. And there was a few times I've crashed in the mountains and things because um, I thought I was moving enough to get out of the way, and then I wasn't, and things like that. It's quite. Did a... you ever use the autopilot button to rebalance yourself, Dan? I did, but then I forgot what it was. Oh, it was up on the D-pad. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> I played it last week, and then I came back to it like 
yesterday, and I was like, oh, I can't even remember what it is. And then I was, I got the hang of it by that point, so I was all right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it does a great job of simulating flight. Obviously, there's better games out there, like if you're looking for a true flight sim, um, this is definitely more arcade style, but you, know, you can still employ a lot of the same maneuvers that, that you could in flight sim games and be successful with it, so... Um, Going back to the controls a sec, uh, I was impressed that they actually used the pressure-sensitive analog buttons. They used it um, on the uh, thrust, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the, the thing I found weird, because you used R1 to accelerate, mm-hmm. and the the harder you held it, the quicker you would accelerate. And if you if you held it hard enough, you'd get the, the afterburners would come on, and you'd, you'd accelerate much quicker. But I don't know if it's my PS2 controller or whether it's just the actual game, but man, I had to push that thing down to actually do. get the afterburners to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it depends on the plane. Some, Some of them have better others. speed ratings. But they're really hard to read in the menu. Yeah, so the menu oh, Jesus design is Christ, really yeah. bad. Everything is like a light blue text, and then <laughs> the background is like this brilliant Michael Bay lens flare white. Yeah, and I was just like, I was squinting at it, and I was like, is that plane better than the one I have? Well, then you have to wait for, like, because the camera is doing, like, this parallax thing where it's slowly moving around. You just have to wait for it to to catch something darker in the background so you can see. It's really bad. Did you guys play it in first person? Yes. I did most of it in actual cockpit mode this time. Mm. So I played third person entirely. See, and I think that's doing it a little bit of a disservice because you lose out on a lot of the HUD stuff. Uh, I found it a lot easier. You would have been able to figure out your upside down and stuff a lot easier, Dan, if you were in first person. Yeah. Because when you're upside down, the arrows on your HUD flip and you can tell. Yeah. I wanted to play in third person. I don't know why. I just wanted to. But after kind of failing the first mission, I went back to the normal first person view. I couldn't do it in cockpit view. It just takes up too much of the screen. Exact opposite for me, my guys started in first person, crashed spectacularly, and then went to third and found it lots easier. Oh, interesting. See, I guess if you if you guys have never really played flight sim games, um, no, I could this see is that. The first, I know. Apart Eric, from that demo, this when we used to play a Battlefield, and I used to struggle with flying the jets. This is probably yeah. why, because these have weird controls. So when I started playing Battlefield, I couldn't fly a jet. But you're Mister Inverted Directions, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, but it's, you the, didn't... it's the weird it's the weird pressing left and then pressing up to turn round and things like that. It's really Wait, odd. did you change it? Did you freaking change it so up goes up and down goes down? No, I'm, I mean down. I mean down. Okay, I was going to say, wait a minute here. <laughs> Eric was about to have kittens then. <laughs> but that's how you fly a damn plane. You you roll your plane to the left and then pull oh, down oh, on the stick to turn. Ex- excuse me, mister. I've got millions of flight experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have never flown a plane, mate. I don't know. So, <laughs> disclaimer. Like, I can that's, drive a car. I've never flown a plane. I think that's... I, th- I think I've said that before. Why don't you tell me how to put a spaceship in space, D, as well, while you're at it? How, how well, I, here's what you do to put it in space, D. Uh, <laughs> tell no, me how that's... to put me plane in P. Come on. How are <laughs> Growing up, that's all I wanted to do is be a fighter pilot. So I played a ton of flight sim games as a kid. Um, so maybe that's, that, that's why. I'm pleased you didn't. And you almost made it. I almost made it. I walked in to sign up and and asked them some few pointed questions like, here's what I want to do. I don't want to be shucking shucking corn. I don't want to be peeling taters. I don't want to fly a cargo plane. I want to fly that there fighter jet and shoot missiles. I'm sorry, Mr. Peterson. We would accept you, but you're an idiot. So, (laughs) Andrew. 
but no, I got uh, I got denied from the military. They started you off on the school bus. <laughs> yeah. I hear if you sign up to flight school, you get a year supply of bagels. Uh, yeah so unfortunately i didn't get to fly that there jet so i had to live vicariously through my video Mm. games (laughs) going back to the interesting missions though uh the first one i remember that stood out to me was the one with the fortress uh which one was that Uh, uh mission 10 i think it was where it's like got the natural fortress and every now and again you have to go below 2,000 feet because Stonehenge, which is their big... Oh, no, that was Mission 3. Or, I'm sorry, Mission 7. No, that's the one where you have to stay below in the... Oh, the first time you see Stonehenge. So Stonehenge is this gigantic uh, cannon that can fire long distances. It was made to shoot down asteroids, which were going to destroy... No, that was Megalith. Stonehenge... No, No... Stonehenge no, Stone- was asteroids as well. Yeah. Megalith is built to replace Stonehenge. Got it. So fucking hippies. They discovered its potential for war, <laughs> obviously as humans do, and started using it to fire ordnance at really far away uh, targets and it would just obliterate an entire area and uh, it would blow up in the sky. So if you were above 2000 feet it would basically destroy you. So the first time you come across it you're you're blowing stuff up in this um kind of a uh, ravine area and like hey shit this is coming in you need to get to below 2000 feet and the plateau at the top of the ravine is like 2500 feet so you have to actually fly down into the ravine and it's like that scene from independence day where you, the will smith is flying his jet with the ufos chasing him through the grand canyon very similar to that with some tight corners and turns mm. super cool yeah and i sometimes when we're playing games for the show, if it's not a very interesting one for someone else to watch, like Hazel really struggles. Like she found this deathly boring, like really, really boring. She was watching me do some of the levels and um, the ones where you're just basically getting scores within a time limit, you know, she kind of zoned out. And then like, once I got to that one where you had to stay in the valleys for ages, she was like, this is literally the first time this game's been interesting. <laughs> um, but it is a few if missions after could, that if one. only she could do other things. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. But you know, she likes spending time with me. Really? Yeah, and I know it's not quite like that in your house, but... (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) And we do spend a lot of time together, actually. Then how do you beat any of these games? (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Because she sends sends me off for an hour a night when she watches the soaps. There is no way you beat this many games playing video games for an hour a night. I play games an hour a night. I probably play games for an hour and a half a night. I've had all of the Christmas break where she's been back at work and I haven't. I don't know, Daniel. I think there's something mm. fishy. I still don't think Crystal exists. And she doesn't exist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this could all possibly be in virtual reality. So could be. <laughs> I liked Mission Eleven though too, Mike, where you had to start escorting the civilian plane. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So oh. something that's kind of neat about this is that there's constant radio chatter, and yeah, some of the stuff gets a little repetitive, but there's story bits Fox that are two, being dropped. Fox two, Fox two, Fox well, two. Missile shot trashed. Yeah, rub it in, mate. I've just just used a missile and missed him. So let's talk about oh, that. God, you miss all the time, man. The planes—it's so irritating. <laughs> well, not if you're good and you line up behind them. How they still right. move? Damn. Bringing up the radio chatter. How come on the very, very, very last level, 
when you're facing Monolith. Why does Michael Caine suddenly come over the radio? Oh, God, what was with that guy's accent? Just just suddenly like, yeah, we can't get the sub-control door open, Master Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he sounded South African. uh, For a minute, for a minute, I thought I'd done the voice acting because it was so inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was him. (laughs) Why do we fall, Master Bruce? Because we've been hit by a bloody missile. Have they taken out their generator yet? <laughs> Master Bruce, fry your plane over to Monolith. <laughs> yeah, but where did he come from? Why? Why? why Master just... Bruce, isn't, because if you listen to the briefing that you probably <laughs> skipped, they said no, that... no, I listened to the briefing, so I knew what I was doing. There was there was a ground force going in, and they couldn't complete their objective till you had destroyed the generators. So God, therefore, it's a very sad idea you... when Eric Peterson has listened to something <laughs> we haven't. But why was Michael Caine with them, and why wasn't he there the rest of the game? Because he's a ground him? force guy. Could they only afford him for one level? Is that it? Was it really Michael Caine? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it sounded like him. Oh. <laughs> if he was South African, I, I said know, you, you just hear... did it with an Australian accent. <laughs> You get, boy, you get radio you know. chatter from ground troops throughout the game. Yeah, but not him. Some men just like to watch planes burn. <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done is if they went to Cockney, they should have got Ronnie Pickering. That's who they should have got. <laughs> Ronnie Pickering's northern. I'm gonna say he's northern as hell. But we always do. You Cockney. just give him. You just always give him a Cockney accent for some reason. I know, because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nothing like our impression. <laughs> oh well. Master Bruce, it's Ronnie Pickering. He's at the door. Pickering one, Fox two. He said you drove past him in the Batmobile. <laughs> Wanted a bare knuckle brawl with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good of the old Michael Caine, isn't it? <laughs> it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. First time I've tried. <laughs> it was only supposed to blow the bloody plane up. <laughs> <laughs> it's only supposed to be a bare knuckle brawl, Ronnie. Oh, what, Eric, do you, Michael Caine? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. So anyway, yeah, go on. Voice chatter. I don't even remember where I was. You were on, but you were just saying that you you hear voice chatter, and then you started saying, and then we all started doing impressions of it. <laughs> I think that's all I was going to say. Okay, uh, I like the way that you hear the enemies chatter, but all the enemies chatter are quite obviously like. They give them kind of English accents and are obviously bad guys. With moustache twirling and everything. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> like, well, what would you, you prefer them things? to be? Shouldn't they be blocking that? I think they've missed a trick there. Yeah, maybe that's why they lost the war. Bend it on my tail. But going back to that last level as well, the Michael Caine level. <laughs> Michael Caine's Star Wars level. Man, do they rip off Star Wars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to fly through some vents that the plane only just fits in 
to go and blow up some generators to then go into another vent to blow up the core. Gee, I wonder where I've heard that before. In the giant death machine. It was awesome. It was pretty good, actually. It was fun. But um, I, it, it was the nice epic music as well. It, it really kind of set the scene for it. Well, I think what was really cool about the game itself, though, is if you were paying attention to the story beats and all of that towards mission 15, I think. You know, there's only 18, but 15 is like when the, the tide of the war really starts to change because you're, you're flying over the, the city where the narrator lives and you get this impression that the ground battle is really tense and you're lending um, support from the skies and, and helping push back the front line and is that the, the one in, where you start going into the city and you have to blow up the bridges and stuff yeah and yeah. you hear the people on the ground start talking like the the plane with the ribbon is that mobius one and it kind of like invigorates the ground forces like hey mobius one is in the skies above us and then they start pushing forward and and you kind of get hey, the sense that hey, you hey, hey where was this ribbon i didn't say a ribbon it says it in the first uh part of the game there's a he talks about the plane with a ribbon on it and that's your plane it's so you don't get any status effects on it yeah but it doesn't have one where is it jesus dan pay attention to the story i did it doesn't have a ribbon on it but he's the narrator says that there's a ribbon he's lying because it doesn't they should have (laughs) had michael kane do the story narration i would have listened to it then (laughs) instead of this guy who whispers really really quietly And I went down into the bar, and the bartender's daughter, bloody blah, bloody blah blah blah, bloody blah. <laughs> it's that NPR voice again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Has your family been killed by an elite squadron? It could be <laughs> entitled to compensation. <laughs> <laughs> Did a plane fall on your house? <laughs> Joint Take resistance. it from me, Michael Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have PPI? Uh, what's again? Oh, so one cutscene that I thought was really fucking stupid was after you <laughs> all of them <laughs> shoot down Yellow Thirteen. So uh, the Yellow Squadron shows up occasionally throughout the missions, and they get progressively easier to engage so the first couple times they show up the first time they show up they just have you uh book it and leave the mission second time they're essentially invincible as well aren't they no you can shoot them down you just have to be super good um because i I thought it was a bit of a story beat a bit in one of the later levels where you actually finally to beat one and then that becomes a story thing so when you start the next level then someone goes oh is he the guy who took down yellow what's his face yellow four yeah that's what i said um is he related to Red Thirty? So then, um, so I thought it was a story that- beat because I remember one of the levels, I ran out of time because I was because um, on the on the actual radar, depending on the color of the um, enemy on the radar, you get more points for them. It's usually a darker color, so white is like yeah. the lowest score. Then you get yellow and orange and things, and red. Uh, red is usually your targets, but the one spe- I think it's the first time they show up. There, they have the most points. And I went to try and kill one, and I managed to hit one with a missile twice, and it just flew away. And I was following it. I started following it all the way up the map, and it was like just going away from the combat area. So I got the impression there is that you can't physically kill them. They're invincible. Like If you do manage to get some hits on them, they just fly away. Hmm. I'd have to check that. 
But anyway, the cutscene I'm talking about is when you finally kill Yellow 13. Uh, so Yellow 13 has this this co-pilot, Yellow 14, or Yellow 4, who carries around this handkerchief. And um, she took off, like when the city was being attacked, she took off in a plane that was in disrepair and ended up getting shot down. Um, Yellow 13 still had her handkerchief, and he's like, well, that was her own fucking fault for going up in a plane that was in disrepair. So he held on to this handkerchief. And then when you shoot down Yellow 13 the little boy on the ground sees the plane explode in the sky. And he's like, and his body disappeared into the air. But this pink handkerchief floated down and I caught... So, so stupid. The faint, the faint smell of perfume. Yeah. <laughs> we, bur- we buried it. We're in a buried handkerchief. And I buried my feelings. <laughs> Push it down. <laughs> no, further. But why are we burying a handkerchief? We just are. Shut the fuck up. It's symbolic. But the so are you guys, makes no sense. So are you guys aware that in each of the levels there is a secret uh, ace pilot yes. that you can fight that doesn't huh? show up on the radar? Yeah, I didn't, I've, I'm just reading this now. How are you yep. meant to find them? Uh, you have to find them. They're in a certain part of the map. So, yeah, they appear in certain parts of the map and you have to find them and then... You beat them, I presume, if you get them all, you unlock something, Eric? Yes. So pretty good time for that. The um, That's how you get the third paint scheme. So each airplane comes with three paint schemes. The first one is just default. The second paint scheme is unlocked by uh, completing a certain mission with an A or an S ranking. Um, mm-hmm. You have to then purchase that, that uh, paint scheme, which costs the exact same amount as the airplane. So if you go back in, if you've completed it with an A or an S, you go back in to purchase a plane... You go over one, and then a little box will show up underneath it where you can go down and choose that paint scheme. Did to you get find the f- with some missions that, like, the um, scoring system was weird? Like, for example, on some of them, it was, like, at 3,000 points to get C. And then on another one, you kind of ended up with an A rank just by doing the story. Well, they give you a minimum They give you a minimum requirement of points that you need to get. And once you hit that minimum requirement, that's a C. So if the minimum requirement is 3,500, that's a C. If the minimum requirement is 1,200, yeah, that's I, a C. I, I know. I understand how it works. I'm just saying on some ones, which were more story-based, it went up really quickly. Yeah, because it was a lower... No, but there's not necessarily one where you had to... For example, you get a mission where you have to bomb a city, which takes a long time to get up your score. And then there's certain other ones where it's just like there's a story beat where you have to attack these four planes and then you get near rank. Yeah, if you shut down all four planes. But you have to, otherwise you fail. I don't know, Dan. I didn't design it. Anyway, the third paint scheme is unlocked by defeating well, one have of done. The, the 18 aces that appear in each mission. Uh after completing the campaign mode once. So I don't think those aces show up until you've beaten the game once. Do they have a different designation or something so you know that they're aces? Uh, let me see. I'm going to read about them right here. Uh... No, all it says here <laughs> is that yeah, the, the 18 Eurasian aces appear in each mission on normal and above difficulty after completing the campaign mode once. Once was enough. Um, You'll also notice that the flagship airplane that's on the cover, the F-22 Raptor, uh, was not 
actually purchasable in the game immediately. I did not notice that. Yes. <laughs> me either. I haven't even looked. Don't at the tell me what I will and what yeah. no, won't notice. <laughs> so You're not my was, real dad. It was uh, titled the XO2 Wyvern, and it's unlocked by earning an S rank on all normal difficulty missions and playing the game twice. A swank. Yeah. I like I that last airplane twice. in the game. That last airplane in the game is super fucking squirrely. The one with the big forward swept wings. Is that the one you can purchase just before the last mission? Yeah, it's the last plane you can buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't buy most of them, to be honest. I bought one every now and again. And See, I would buy sold the, certain sold the planes according to what type of mission it needed, and then I'd switch back and forth between them. So yeah. if you had one that was but primarily ground-based... You use the missiles for everything. But once you get towards the like towards the top tier planes, like they're they're pretty good for air and ground anyway. And it's just a case of upgrading to the next one to get that little bit better. So the next one might have a little bit better stability, and the one below it have a bit better speed. But generally, the the air to air combat and the air to ground generally went up as you went up. I yeah, found. and you can use the air to air missiles to fire into the ground too. Yeah, oh, which I did most of the time, to be honest. Yeah, the bombs were too hard to direct. I thought. You got a circle. You press circle when that circle's over the enemy, and it fires a bomb at it. Yeah, but you have to get but the circle. But for me, when, it, when you drop a bomb, it would just go straight down. It made no sense. Mm. It was the long-range air-to-ground homing missiles that you got later on that were the tits. Yeah. You only get about 14, though, don't you? Yeah, but then you go back to the runway and get some more. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that's a faff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to crash into the ground and start the mission over. Yeah. <laughs> I like, the idea of the, I like the idea of these ace pilots just miles away from the map. Like, it's probably Eric, if he got through flight school, just flying away from everything. Go, wee! <laughs> babe, babe! <laughs> babe, babe, put her in pay! <laughs> Firing missiles off to nowhere. Missile shot trashed! Fox 2, Fox 2. So what did Fox 2 mean? It's just the designation of where the missile is on your wing. Most jets can carry four four missiles, so Fox One, Fox Two, Fox well, my, Three, Fox my Four. My jet could carry seventy-two missiles. I know, but it would be stupid if you went Fox One and then like forty missiles later, Fox Forty-Five. You probably didn't oh. have the budget for that. <laughs> if you watch, uh, if you look at it from it's third person, plan. if you look at it from third person in some of the later jets where the missiles come out from the bottom of it, like this little bay door will open and a missile will drop out and fire and then close and then just continually it's like they stuffed 75 missiles up in the guts of this plane yeah I call bullshit I thought I'm pleased because I wouldn't have had to like to go back to base all the time there's also there's one mission where it makes you go back to base and all the rest of them you don't have to bother afterwards I think they were just showing you weren't they yeah show you that you can do it yeah you so. can. They believe in you, Dan. That's why. You can do it. Oh, aren't they lovely? Yeah, exactly. Go I believe in you as well. Go. So, in all, what did you guys think? Bloody shade. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, I started off thinking I was going to hate it. Um, the repetitive missions were just that. They were repetitive and a bit of a slog because I felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over. Uh, the more exciting missions were where this game's sort of bread and butter is and the points where you 
when you kind of get a proper hang of the controls and you're swooping down, firing some missiles, firing some bombs, taking a few things out, then flying up and managing to take a plane out, you feel like an absolute badass. And those, those are the key moments of this game, and they're the moments of it that I will remember. Um, it's not a terrible game. It's, it's not my sort of thing. I think if it was a little faster, less simish, maybe I'd probably like it a bit more. I am intrigued to check out later games in the series just to see what they're like i mean ace combat 7 has got vr hasn't it yeah so i'm actually gonna have that by the time you guys get here and i'm gonna buy a true actual hands-on throttle and stick so you can fly it like a real jet yeah that'd be cool that's gonna be awful oh it's gonna be so good (laughs) so yeah i you know i I enjoyed it it was a little bit of a slog in places it's not something i would choose to play but Hell, it was a hell of a lot better than some of the games we played for the show last year. So, so I think you'd be you'd actually be kind of interested in uh, Ace Combat Assault Horizon for PS3. They've they've stepped it up a little bit and um, made it a lot more action based. So you have these really cool sequences where you can um, I can't I can't remember the technical term for what happens with it, but you can lock onto an enemy and then press a button and you automatically start to follow it and you go through this series of quick time events where you're firing things and and you have to follow them through weaving through buildings and under bridges and it's automatically controlling it as long as you're keeping up with the button prompts to it so it kind of gives you this little um, cinematic Mm, chase it's super cool it's really i don't mind qts i I think qts get a bad rap bad rap they're all right if they're done in moderation but if they're overbearing Mm. it kind of takes the control away from your i feel but um, I didn't really think it was bloody shite. Like I said earlier, I thought I went through probably the same phase as Mike, where I got a bit frustrated with it, couldn't get to grips with the controls, kind of kept crashing, and then finally got turned the corner with it. And actually, the last few missions kind of liked it. Like Mike says, you feel like a complete badass where you're swooping by, shoot like four missiles off at four things, blow them up, blow up play in the sky, come back for tea. You know, it's all good. <laughs> get your peas put in. All right. Yeah, I did that last mission. I know I ragged on it for stealing, like ripping off Star Wars, but the fact, the way it ripped off Star Wars, and then when I went into those tunnels to go like fire on the generators, because it reminded me of Star Wars so much, I actually enjoyed it because of it. Well, yeah, I remember the first time I played it, I'm sitting here going, "Well, shit, how do I, how do I do this? How do I shoot these things down?" And then you first realize, like, "Oh shit, I have to fly my plane through that tunnel." And if you look, oh well, if you listen to the briefing at the beginning of the uh, the level, it told you that, Eric. First time that I played it as a kid. Yeah, did you not listen to the briefing at the beginning? That I bet you skipped. (laughs) My name's Eric Pizen. I don't listen to things on video games. Help me out, Tom. I did. Fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Good lord. I'm trying to make a point and how cool it is to realize the first time, like, oh shit, I have to fly through these tunnels. And if you look from third person, your wings do barely fit in there. Yeah, the first time I tried going through, I switched to third person because I thought it might help. It didn't help. <laughs> no. I should have tried cockpit view. I reckon that would have been more fun. Yeah. Like, I always play driving games uh, in the uh, first person view. <clears throat> don't know about you guys no, did you ever play person. um tokatoring cars on the ps1 yes Tom, had when a, you had the first person view of that. and yeah. you, had, you actually had the hands on the glove but and if you unlocked the i think it was like a pink cadillac you'd unlock you'd drive it one-handed yep yeah <laughs> well yeah well, it had that you, tank as well you that you tried, could unlock um, <laughs> have yes. you tried drive club in vr yes it's awesome no. oh i tried the demo and it's so cool i, I bought it when drive it was like club six was free bucks. to download anyway 
he may have Is missed the demo it. just on PSN for free? Yeah, there's a there's a demo. Oh. There's a demo. It's quite hard to find on the PSN where it has a load of VR games on it. Do you not just go to the search bar and put Drive Club? <laughs> no, because it's a, it's a demo disc. For, it's like basically a demo disc of PSVR. It has loads of different things, and you can select. Oh, them. okay. So it's got like um, it's got Heave Lion. Uh, Check your um, PS Plus, Tom, because I'm sure they them. gave it away on PS Plus. Okay. If I you snagged it. Is, does that come with the VR, though? Is it not a separate game? I think, I think it does. I think it comes with it, too. To Google! Um, yeah. It's got Thumper on there, Tom. Trying VR. I That's have where that I demo disc, actually. I got it with the bundle. Bundle! Bundle! bundle. So I think I have the disc. But mm. I might be... But I'll, I'll find out. Hmm... It's got a few other things on there, like mechanized combat league and things like that. Oh yeah, rigs, rigs. Yeah, rigs. That's the one. Now that's quite a one for when you've got your VR legs. I think it's a bit intense. (laughs) Oh no, Dan, you're right. It is. Yeah, it's a standalone. I thought it was VR one. Yeah, you're right. Gran Turismo in VR is really cool too. But nevertheless, I'm compatible with the um, like steering wheel controllers because that would just be amazing. I think so. I don't know. I know that the steering wheel controller I have is not compatible with PS4, so I can't try it. That's a shame. Sort it out, Eric. Jesus. Letting side down. (laughs) Yeah, could you please get that? Yeah, but it was was really cool. I was was driving past people in it, and like, I just stick my finger up at them as you go past, and things like that makes you feel better. (laughs) Proper Ronnie. I made the guy at the Harry Potter uh, tour laugh because I stuck my fingers up while I was riding the broomstick. <laughs> you have this green screen bit of the Harry Potter tour where you get on the actual broomstick and uh, you can then get a video afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And then you, um, then you can get a video of it afterwards of you like near the green screen. Looks like you're flying over things and stuff like that. And the guy who's like there is like the guy, a guy who clearly really fucking hates his job and he's like, yeah, you're flying over this. Yeah. Oh, look! There's a Death Eater. Like just that kind of thing. I just started like sticking my fingers up at this Death Eater. <laughs> it actually got a crack out of it. Like mm-hmm. cracked a smile out of him. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the parents of all the kids nearby were impressed. <laughs> I don't think so. There's usually a lot of kids there. Why is that guy on a broomstick holding his fingers up, Bobby? Is this at the Warner Brothers thing in London? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you'd been. Yeah. Well, Had a butter too. beer. Eric, did yeah. you actually buy that game, uh, The American Dream, for PSVR? I did. Have you tried it? I'm through the infant stage. Okay. Please, one of you, explain to the listeners what The American That's, Dream is, because yeah, it looks hilarious. A, I've never played it. I just I found it on the PSN store, and I just thought uh, the screenshots just looked hilarious. Uh, it looks like 50s America with like guns and barbecues and... And yeah, it's the American dream. You do everything with a gun. You want to. The man on the uh, picture is literally doing a barbecue while holding a pistol while a child is standing next to him. I can't believe it. Managed so the to game starts the off DSM. with you, you, the the player being born into your crib, and the first thing your mom does is come in and hand you two pistols. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then to get her attention, you have to shoot at the door, and then she comes in and and feeds you. Um, you could shoot at your mobile around, and it's just how you interact with the world. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. 
Eric Peterson the game. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So nice. nice. That's Ace Combat. I'm I'm definitely excited for Ace Combat Seven to launch. It's been way too long. The last one came out. Jesus. Six years ago? Seven years ago? Yeah. I'd like to give it a quick, bit of a whirl at your house, and then I'll, uh, I'll see. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll also it's play Ace Combat interest. 7 as well. Yeah. Lost on you. Lost on you, Will. You're talking about my dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think we've had our fill of dick jokes this week, Mike. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we hit our quota way too early. Some of us don't get our holes filled as often as you, Daniel. So, Mike, I posted a video here. The first one I accidentally or I posted is uh, a quick time event. It, it, it is very often. <laughs> the first video I posted is a quick time event where you have to press a button to make your guy do a fist bump into the air and that's all it is, but um, it's called Dogfight Mode for Assault Horizon and it's super cool, so give it a okay. watch. I'll check that out maybe sometime when we're not recording. You yeah. can see the menu better. Yeah, It's always a plus. It's like they learned how to improve their game. Well done, Nam. So, uh, yeah, guys, do we have any questions? Uh, we had one literally come in under the wire like ten minutes ago <laughs> from Santos Lopez, but I think we may have actually covered most of it already. Uh, he said on Facebook. So, how did this game stand up? to the test of time and is it a series you recommend and on a side note can Tom finally sit Eric down and explain the greatness of Amiga to him don't think so don't think so to which which one the Amiga I don't understand it I can explain it I need to be with you in person and I can explain it to you okay explain it we'll do that well if you could explain it to him during the video game challenge that would be spectacular yeah please do (laughs) oh he's on my team yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know what you're damn trying it, to do. Damn it, he's seen through my logic. <laughs> um, no, so to address his question, I think it's definitely held up. I, I went back to play Ace Combat 3 Electrosphere a little bit after I'd beaten this one. Um, that one actually still holds up really well, too, for being a PlayStation 1 era flight sim game. Obviously, the graphics are a little clunky on it, but still, it flies the same way as Ace Combat 4, but... I don't know. I just had such really positive memories of this game that maybe for me, I've I've got it on a little bit more of a pedestal than it deserves. The uh, in-engine cutscenes reminded me of MGS2. I just they felt similar in a way. I don't know why. Yeah. Just the way they moved and things like that. I think the animation. Hmm. It's strange. Maybe there weren't too many of those. Jet on that and things. I feel like the that. I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. And I think that maybe that's just kind of that era of PS2 games as well. Yeah. Like they all kind of look like that. I mean, nothing really looks as stunning as MGS2. But the way it moves is what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It has this weird kind of fluidity to it that you don't... That like you used to see always on like the arcade cabinets, I think. Yes, I think that's what I mean. It's hard yeah. to explain. I don't know. For you guys who have never played it, do you think it's held up? Yeah, it was an alright game. Like Mike said, we played an absolute shite last year, and that's off to a better start already. So. <laughs> we're, we're trying to plan out our list. We don't have a, an entire list done, but you know, maybe we can roll through a few of the upcoming games here to give people a, a taste of what's coming up. Um, next show, obviously, is going to be our Phoenix Live show. Um, the roughly the 27 no we're probably going to do it monday the 28th um yeah monday the 28th because the 27th will be at 
uh, Royal Rumble. So after that, we're doing. We we're planning it for the Tuesday after the Rumble. Tuesday. Yeah, we can do that either way. Tuesday. Whatever's fine. Well, we can't that... decide because if it's going to be a live show, then. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, Look out on the social media. Yeah, that won't. That probably won't hit iTunes or whatever you listen to it on until almost that following weekend because I'm not going to take any time to edit that while everybody's here. But after that, uh, we're actually listed up through about September. So we've got Ghostbusters for the Mega Drive, followed by Gex. I wonder who put that in. Gecko. Uh, We're going to do some Halo Combat Evolved, then Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, Zone of the Enders, Mickey Mania, Timeless Adventure of Mickey Mouse, um, Fable, A Boy and His Blob, then our big RPG of the year, we're going to tackle the original Kingdom Hearts. What? What? Ready for our minds to explode. <laughs> and then we've got a few shows to fill in, and then we're going to do some Luigi's Mansion. Which, Mike, let me talk about this for a second. I was going to bring this up earlier. Go uh, on. This week, Target was doing a fire sale on their original... Or like their 3DS uh, Player's Choice games for $4.99. And I went to a ton of Targets and just couldn't find any of them. And finally, there's a Target way out of town that I stopped at to grab something. And they had Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. So I picked it up for 5 bucks. And what a fantastic game. I'd never played the original Luigi's Mansion. Always wanted to, just never got around to it. Um popped this one and it's just brimming with atmosphere i i love the the gameplay style of it um but last night i was after i beat ace combat i was looking through my gamecube games and saw that i had the original original luigi's mansion no idea that i'd actually purchased it there's a surprise (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh dear eric so I looked at Chris. All like, them games I can open in a week. <sighs> looked at Chris. I'm like, did you did you buy this? So then I looked back through the Facebook page, and sure enough, in June I posted a picture of me buying it. <laughs> Just no idea. I have a sickness. Amazing. So, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, we should probably wrap up here because we need to save some bandwidth space for our mega live show coming up at the end of the month. So. Alrighty, look out on the social media for our, all the info on our live stream. You're gonna be here in ten days. Have we talked about the live stream? We have. Oh yeah, last time, last episode. Yeah, we've been oh, talking okay. about the. Are you talking about the game challenge? Yes. Yeah, the challenge. Yeah. So don't forget the 26th, starting at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We're going to beginning, begin doing our game challenge slash playing games with everybody slash like however many hours of live streaming. We're going to have raffles with giveaways. Um, I posted something on our Facebook page that explains a little bit more about it. As we get closer, we'll be posting more stuff. But uh, yeah, come on out. Watch us on Twitch. We're going to be having a good time giving stuff away. Um, it's been neat to see the, the response. There's a lot of people that are really looking forward to it. Me too, actually. Well, I hope you would. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I've got to improve my beat saber skills even more. You better get your beating up to par for when you get here, because we are going to do a ton of beating. (laughs) Off. Beating off. 
I see what you did there. It's another dick joke, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Edna, put another tally on the dick joke chart.